Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top ten. We feel the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Alright guys, well we welcome in, I'm Ed Gaffir again, it is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021, we finally got back together, it's been a couple of weeks man, it's good to have you on the pod. Yeah, it's good to be back, sorry, it's just, you know, kind of crazy couple of weeks, you know, schedule's good in line, things like that, stuff came up, but uh, yeah, definitely good, get a chance to get over, uh, talk about some some good, exciting and, and disappointing news uh, on both football and basketball side, but uh, lots to talk about. Yeah, it's been a sad couple of days, but before we get into these sad couple of days, I, me and Fred had a minute to talk about the Rutgers game a little bit this Tuesday uh, on Birdland BS, but we haven't really gotten to talk to you other than that, that live uh, broadcast we went right afterwards on Twitter, which thanks to everybody that's that signed into that. Yeah, no, I think it was just a really good win for for Maryland, be able to get back to six wins. Um, I think it was just a convincing performance, um, you know, to to be able to beat Rutgers in that fashion to get the six win. Um, you know, I think it's just a really, really big selling point. And I think, you know, for Maryland to end the regular season six and six versus if they lost that game, it would have been losing seven of their last eight to close out year three under Mike Loxley. So would have been two very, very drastic um, outlooks and perceptions of the program. Um, so it's definitely a good sign and, and good news that they, they pulled out the win. Yeah, I mean, these are fertile recruiting grounds. These are places that Maryland's been successful in the past throughout New York, New Jersey, that kind of area that Rutgers hangs their hat on. So it's good to be kind of the guy plucking talent from an area instead of being the one getting the talent plucked from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, uh, you know, Henry Baker, the cornerbacks coach, does a really good job of, of locking down some, some or identifying also some New Jersey talent. Um, you know, Maryland's been able to get some some commits, some early commits these last couple cycles, actually, um, under Baker. Um, so definitely, you know, going into that enemy territory, like you mentioned, uh, and, and showing off, um, you know, how they went, how they won, not vers- not just the fact that they won. Um, so I think that the, that's a good sign, like you said. Yeah, I mean... You can't really pick out who did best in this game because everybody played well, I mean, except for the special teams. We just can't win on that side. The yeah. two-thirds of the ball played very well this game. Uh, Talia, again, 70% completion, 300-yard performance. Again, it's like old hat anymore. I know all we do is is throw the ball usually, but really – this was even more balanced attack, and he still put up those numbers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tayon Fleet Davis, season high, 152 rushing yards, uh, finished with eight yards per carry. Uh, he was responsible for the final two touchdowns of the game to help ice the game out when, when Rutgers kind of cut it close to 26-16. So, um, like you said, you know, Maryland, they've talked about establishing that balance on offense pretty much throughout conference play, and uh, to be able to, you know, again, it's it's Rutgers, and you know that it's not the Michigan and the, and the Penn State's, the Big Ten elites, but uh, I think it is... Uh, um, you know, assigning confidence for these guys to be able to close it out with a win and your most balanced attack yet. Uh, to see that at Tayon Fleet Davis, he he knew that you know it, for for him um, that was going to be his last game if they lost. So for him, he he kept saying he just didn't want to be the one to um, to to be the reason why they lost. Um, he 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 mentioned that that was a uh, a reoccurring thought for him throughout week of practice. So uh, for him to be able to do that, and then like you said, uh, Brian Cobbs, Jerakeem Jarrett. Um, so definitely an all-around effort. 
Yeah, Fleet, Fleet Davis. Sweet Sweet Davis is my little girl's <laughs> call him. Uh, hell of a game, absolutely. It was kind of the rookie in the vet there because uh, McDonald also put on a show. He had just under 100 yards uh, rushing. Great game from him. And then local superhero Rakim Jarrett showing out 111 yards on seven catches, two of which really stand out in my mind. There was the one that we didn't pay him all for, unfortunately, the kind of one low spot on offense of the first and goal on the one. And the other one was the one that he caught in the center and had that nasty stiff arm where actually the player got injured after he stiff-armed him into the ground. Uh, that was a really highlight real play for a top-level player. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, Lox, he's kind of talked about at times this year, of, you know, he needs those guys that, that were identified in preseason as playmakers. He needs them to step up as playmakers. And uh, for Kim Jarrett, you know, another 100-yard performance on the season, um, definitely stepped up when he needed most. So, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, been, been fun to watch him, you know, take that next step through this conference play. Yeah, then the, the shell-and-tell defensive player of the game, Ja'Korian Bennett, he had another interception. He's kind of opened up and closed this season on really high notes. Uh, not only did he have the interception um, on a tip pass, but he also made the uh, tackle on a, the behind the line of scrimmage on that fourth down stand, which was a huge play to stop Rutgers because it just had that feeling again where we we're gonna get we we're gonna get left behind. You know, we ran out to that thirteen two lead because we can't <laughs> handle special teams. Um, but then they were down there on the at that fourth and goal, and I'm like, this is just what every team does for us. Why does everyone go for it on fourth down? No one will take a field goal. And uh, there was a really big stop there. So he just played out of his mind. Glad to have it. Tell me some good news about Bennett. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he. I think he, he actually walked or entered uh, Saturday's game as the uh, uh, the Power Five leader in passes defended. Um, I think he's a guy that he, he's looked really good all season. He's given himself a chance to possibly play in the NFL, depending on you know what kind of feedback he ends up getting. Um, we'll see. He does have an opportunity to return. Um, you know, to be determined with a guy like him. Thinking maybe you know we'll see with the bowl game and then kind of go from there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he's he's been. It was it was evident when when Maryland didn't have him and Deontay Banks, but to have a guy like Jagorian back, um, he he's really been able to take a step forward uh, at, on one side of the ball this year. Yeah, really pleasantly surprised with all of his his performances, but he really bookended this season with some two very nice performances at the beginning and the end. Uh, it's always good to see that uh, ball eligibility. That's what this got us right. I mean, that's what we're looking forward to. It was why we were all high and mighty before this last week has punched us in the mouth. Where do you see this team going in this bowl? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. You know, you always kind of thought that, you know, the the, the regional draw would be the most likely given, you know, Maryland's, um, you know, history of traveling and things like that. So New York seemed very logical. New York and Detroit seemed to make the most two that uh, were the most common, the most expected. Um, Phoenix has kind of been thrown out as a wild card. Doesn't really sound like the Music City Bowl in Nashville is uh, a huge, um, legitimate, bowl landing spot right now um and then obviously the last bowl that they are um in the mix for is the guaranteed rate bowl out in phoenix um so it'll be interesting you know i think pinstripe bowl would be really interesting in new york but um we'll kind of see how it shakes out there's also talk that penn state could take new york and in that scenario maryland maybe goes to detroit so uh, we'll see but we'll maryland will find out their fate on sunday december 5th yeah, well, I've put in three ticket requests for each one of these bowls. Wherever they go, I'll be there sitting with Fred. And probably my dad will be the third ticket there. Uh, I don't see Las Vegas or, or Phoenix happening. 
Number one, the travel being far across the country. But number two, they're 10 p.m. Eastern starts. So not only are you maybe hurt yourself on the ticket sales, but your TV revenue or not mm-hmm. TV revenue, but local Exposure. watching of, of the of the game is going to be down because only the diehards like us would be watching on TV. And some of us will be sitting in the game. So <laughs> so I, don't, I think that, that those are kind of out. I don't really think they're realistic options. I, in my head, it does come down to New York and Detroit. You know, Detroit, I'm not very excited about going to the city, but it would no. be nice to be in a bowl game in warmth and not dying inside since they have, we'll be playing in that dome. Uh, but it would be pretty cool. I'll never go to Yankee Stadium. I'm not a big enough baseball fan to travel there. So the Pinstripe Bowl would be my only chance to see it, and that would be pretty awesome as well. And the, and the Pinstripe Bowl, the setup of the stadium is just all kind of weird. It's it's kind of like there's like all these like different like huge sections. I don't think where you can even buy tickets. But yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, from like you said, the, from the TV market perspective, uh, exposure, revenue, um, you know, revenue obviously won't be impacted. But the, the just the amount of viewers, obviously, which like you mentioned, um, but uh, I'm rooting for Nashville. I really would love to go to Nashville. Selfishly, my two best friends live down there. So to be able to go down there and watch a game and. Uh, uh, um, you know, stay with them. I think that'd be cool. But yeah, like you said, I think I think New York, Detroit are most likely. I think that it's going to end up being Detroit, but uh, we shall see. All right. Well, we'll go out there and check out Eight Mile, I guess. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> well, we got a few people that took down some awards uh, this week. I guess we should talk about that before we get into all the sad shit. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the, the offense was revealed on Wednesday, defense was on Tuesday. Uh, Sam Okeone, uh damn, I'm just going to say Sam O. I can spell the last name without having to Google it, but yeah, I, you can't always get me to say it on the spot. I'm, I'm with Loxley on that one. Uh, but Sam O, he was named uh, third team All-Big Ten. Uh, and then you had a host of players that were named honorable mention. Uh, Dante Demas, Jalen Duncan, Spencer Anderson, Talia Chig. Uh, Rakim Jarrett, Nick Cross, Ami, Finau, uh, Jordan Mosley, and Jacorian Bennett. Um, in my mind, I thought Talia, I think he could have made an interesting argument for, I thought it was interesting He in, in both uh, media and coaches, he got named honorable mention, but I thought that there would definitely be a chance where he get named possibly the third team, um, you know, he was able to maybe, uh, you know, obviously the winning gets taken in perspective, but, um, you know, Purdue, uh, I know that they had a couple signature wins this year, but uh, I definitely think Talia, his body of work, maybe could have warranted a little bit more. But I do also think Dante Demas, uh, a guy like him, for, to get that award in four full games, um, that's that's a pretty pretty big right, uh, pretty big honor for him. Yeah, I think Iowa just kind of stuck out so much. And honestly, if people are just looking at stat sheets for like total number of interceptions and not realizing it was all in one quarter that he ruined his season on interceptions. Uh, the people that are just looking at the normal stat boxes are going to be more harsh on him because of that. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, and I think at this point, you know, Maryland fans, they see the, uh, the, the they, I think, I think Maryland fans should see the Iowa game as more of an outlier um, than a theme. Um, I think it kind of also showed this, this, the floor that Talia's capable of um but i just think you know like i said like we said earlier you know for him to have seven 300 yard performances um this season uh this said you know set several program records uh this year uh, i think that's very impressive so um and i think maryland fans could also be taken for granted just to have that consistency at quarterback where you had a guy that started all all, all every single game all 12 games uh in one season so um definitely you know, Loxie said it today in another interview with uh, Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, he said, you know, this is a guy that you can win with. And I think Talia's kind of proven that this year. 
Well, Shell and Tell was right. We promised you that if we had one year with the same quarterback snap one as the last snap of the season, we'd go bowling. And I was a little nervous going into the Rutgers game that we were going to be wrong. But we were right. <laughs> yeah. We took it care of it. We took care of business. Like It's been such a huge problem just keeping a guy back there for so long that just that tiny bit of consistency. I mean, yes, of course, he's very good. It's not like any one of those quarterbacks would have been equal if we could have just kept him upright. But I do think that a few of them were good enough to get us to a bowl game if they could have just stayed there and we not been our fourth and fifth string. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, from new quarterback changes, especially multiple quarterback changes throughout the season, um, you know, you got to think about the receivers having to develop the rapport, the chemistry, you know, there's all about the timing of the routes. So there's just, you know, there's a lot that you have to work on. So if you have to go, you know, you're, you're, you have to work through those kinks, um, possibly year in, year out, um, when you don't have that stability at quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, your offense is hindered in what they're able to, uh, accomplish that year, what they're able to, um, show on film. Um, so like, like we said, you know, just for Talia to, to be able to build on those performances, um, to be able to get all those reps, build the confidence, um, and then, you know, could return next year, could go pro. I mean, we'll see. You, you, you don't know. Um, but if he does return, then it gives him a chance to, um, you know, like we said, just continue to take that next step, has that consistency. So, um, definitely, definitely a big step. And, uh, didn't make you sweat it out when uh, when when you got once you got to the second quarter. You know, I think uh, once once Maryland took a healthy lead, uh, maybe maybe a little bit of sigh of relief from you. Yeah, it was a fun game to watch for sure. Do you see any snubs in this? Like, or really outstanding to you? Um, no, I I mean I think Sam O. I think that is deserving. Um, I could have seen like I like I mentioned Talia. I could have seen him maybe going above. Um, but I think for the most part, Rakeem Jarrett. I don't think Chig maybe could have gone to a third team tight end. I think especially down the stretch of those last four games or so. I mean I know from a Maryland perspective, um, he he set some some uh, some marks in uh, receiving yards, things like that, and receptions. Uh, I think he had twelve receptions against Penn State. Uh, but I do think for the most part that this is pretty justified. And. It's ticky-tack, but I think, for me, the big one is Nick Cross. I think that he could have been easily third team, and honestly, I'm even more upset that he was only honorable mention on one of the two. I can't remember which one it was, whether it was Koch's or or media that had him honorable mention, but he was only on one of those lists. Yeah, that uh, I could see that. The only thing is that there were definitely some some games where he did make some some of those crucial mistakes where he just took the bad angle, and that is what allowed the big play. I, I agree. I think that he... He, I, I think, I don't know if he did reach the preseason expectations, but I do think that, um, I think there's a clear room for him to grow for another year. But, um, you know, I, I, I do kind of understand that argument. Um, but I do think that he, he, like I said, just allowed a couple too many big plays. Yeah, you might be right there. I think maybe it's just that I know that he has the talent to be at that even first or second string and that he showed it on at times and had to do just so much for the team again that's probably where the problem is is that the people that aren't really deep into maryland are more stat sheet watching and he didn't have a lot of those interceptions and things that that would be you know showing up on the on the stat sheet because he was down the box playing a little bit more of a linebacker role he was out in pass coverage he did have probably way more passes defended than he thought he would have at the beginning of the year playing all that cornerback for so many weeks but uh i guess that's probably where my head's at is more of the just watching the individual's talent 
Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I think, you know, he did play in the box a lot this year. And I think that was something where Jordan Mosley was able to kind of serve at that, at that last man over the top. Um, so I do think that, that Jordan Mosley was asked to do a lot. Um, so I, I, I agree with that perspective. I'll, I'll give you that. That's another one. Jordan Mosley, I don't say no if he needed to be ranked up, but I don't know that we appreciate what that man did enough this season. I, he was all over the place all the time. Tackles for loss, out in coverage, batting balls away 30 yards downfield. Like The man played everywhere and effort all the way to the end in every one of those games. All those teams we saw that we called up from quitters, this, that, and the other, that man has absolutely no quit. I don't know this team has much quit at all, but that one for sure. I remember at the end of the Michigan State game, like 30 seconds left, he was still laying like some serious hits all the way up till the clock expired and that game had been over forever yeah <laughs> it's, he, he's he's a, a serious football player god he's one of the ones i just hope we can get our hands on to get back here for that next COVID like year yeah you know i think i think jordan mosley you know when i think back to you know i i agree that he's taken a really big step and it kind of made me think about you know josh woods when you know he went from that junior to senior year development and then that senior year performance gave him the ability to you know, catch on to a practice squad and he's, he's been on practice squads. He's been on the active roster, I believe for the bears and the Lions at some point, um, in, in his career as well. Um, I know the bears, I, I, I don't know. I think he was at the lions. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but he's, I think Jordan Mosley might be a hair or two under, um, Josh Wood's development. I do think that Jordan Mosley, you know, maybe he struggled in past coverage. I remember when he was an underclassman, there were a couple plays where he just, um, he was running in to other Maryland defenders and allowing the big plays in this year you just saw the the game was coming a lot more naturally to him and he was um you know a lot more reliable on the back end um so i i i don't know from an award perspective if maybe i think that he should have been a third or a second team or anything like that but i do think that from a standpoint of uh you know production and efficiency i think that uh jordan mostly really helped the, the secondary out was there anything else pleasant we could talk about before we all have to cry together in this next therapy session? Uh, I say I say we just ran, ripped the Band-Aid off. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, because we are Maryland fans and we all were collectively excited about this bowl win or the game allowing us to go to the bowl game, we were all a little too high. And the Maryland gods have struck us down in a hurry and reminded us you are still Maryland fans Everything's falling apart. Basketball can't win a game. The football team has had some big-time transfers. Not all of them are unexpected and terrible things. It could be a lot worse on that. The decommitment for this year is definitely the one that hurts me the worst. Um, I'll let you just roll it down, but everybody knows what's going on that's listening to this show. Yeah, so uh, so we'll start with the transfers. So the in-season transfers uh, were running backs Isaiah Jacobs, uh, linebacker Frankie Burgess, and defensive lineman Joseph Boltapelli. Uh, Frankie Burgess played a uh, role, I would say, more so last year than this year. He was kind of, kind of battling some injuries this year. Uh, Isaiah Jacobs, he was... He got banged up really early, um, and then Joseph Boltapelli, um, you know, was expected to kind of play a bigger role, and it just didn't didn't work out that way. I don't think he really fit into what Maryland needed him to do uh, in that defense. Um, and then, uh, and then after the season was over, uh, Penny Boone, uh, Terrence Lewis, Dayday McDougal, Zach Perkins, Brandon Jennings, Almosi Titi, and Rashard Jackson uh, have all announced for the transfer portal. Uh, Brandon Jennings is a guy that you know I mentioned on Twitter that is I, I've heard some rumblings all season. Uh, it's kind of started through conference play. Um, you know, I think it was just kind of also from his perspective on how maybe his injury was handled and 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 how he um 
you know, how that treatment was going, how he was handling practice. You know, I've heard some things I've, you know, heard both sides of it, but you know, from Brandon's perspective, I think he wanted things to go a little bit different of a way. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I think at this point, um, you know, it is a big loss for this defense. You know, he was a guy that when he was healthy, he looked, uh, really, really good. And then running back Penny Boone, uh, he hit the transfer portal as well. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he had opportunities down the stretch, just didn't really capitalize completely and just didn't really fit into, you know, long term. I don't think was doing all the things on a day to day perspective. Like Loxley, I think he mentioned down the stretch was kind of that was where Maryland wanted him to take that next step uh, from a player development standpoint. Um, and I do think it was pretty interesting, you know, when I mentioned that Loxley was on Glenn Clark radio today. Um, he, he he actually had some pretty interesting quotes about uh, the transfer portal, transfer portal, excuse me. Um, so uh, the full quote is, um, we finished six and six, and I think maybe two of them had anything statistically that helped us get to this point. And I can tell you, they're all great players where we wouldn't have recruited them, but for whatever reason, if it wasn't a fit for them or a fit for us, they have the opportunity to go find it and make it better. And it helps our program because if a kid doesn't want to be here, it allows us to go get the guys that want to be here. So it's a win-win. So, and I, 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 I guess <laughs> I, and I, and I, and I get it from that perspective of, you know, there, I think I have heard a lot from college coaches that, you know, the, there is a, can, there is a feeling that kids just want to be recruited again. I mean, um, you know, there are it's guys to be the most exciting part of their life. Just being wanted. That's yeah. A great feeling. You know, it, I know. I know. And I get that. But I think there's 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 some people that realize that when you get to college, you know, just because maybe you were an elite kid at your high school or in your county or in your state, you know, you get to a college and you're going, especially if you're going to a power five program, you know, some of these guys, um, you know, some of these guys haven't played here at Maryland. So like you're going to the transfer portal. Where are you going? Um, so like, there's a lot of talk of that. So, um, I, I think, I think it will be really interesting. Um, I do think that it's going to be, uh, put more of an emphasis on Locksleaf to fill out this roster. Um, I think that they have some, some early opportunities to sell playing time yet running back wide receiver linebacker cornerback. Um, but, um, you know, again, it's just, it's just kind of hard. Well, it's a mess because unless they've changed the rule, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you're more up to date than me than I am, but when we these scholarship players leave, we don't get another scholarship. We have to give that scholarship to a walk-on. We don't get to bring somebody else in with it, right? So so this year it's changed. So now you're able to – so essentially you could sign up to 25, but for every person you lose, outgoing transfer, you're able to bring an additional incoming transfer, and I believe the cap on that is seven. So you can sign up to 32 technically per class. Okay, so they have uh, so that changed is, that terrible that is, rule that ruined last offseason for us because we had so many scholarships available that we weren't allowed to bring anyone in for. Exactly, and <laughs> and that's it, it, exactly that. Um, you know, I remember last year I had to... Uh, that really you know, just, hurt us last year because we had so many departing that it just was wasted. Yeah, um, you know, it was it was it was pretty tough. Um, but yeah, so this year we have a little bit more flexibility or, you know, a lot of schools do. Um, okay. So, I mean, I think the number I've seen is in the 400s, 500s of, of kids that have transferred. Um, so it's That'll since, help since even the it season. out a little bit, though, that you do have extra. I mean, people are going to lose more than seven scholarship players, so it's not going to get everybody out of the portal. But last year you had all kinds of players that thought they were getting scholarships just sitting there going to have to be a preferred walk-on for a year. We all know how this works now, especially with name, image, likeness, where you can just go give them the money for the schooling anyway and do it legally above board. But it still made it a little wishy-washy when you didn't have those extra scholarships to give back out. 
Yeah, exactly that. Um, and and Loxy did bring up one interesting point today that he mentioned that was, um, you know, don't when you look at the transfer portal and you see a kid that's leaving and it's not Maryland specific, but he's like, you know, some guys are not leaving because it's their choice. You know, sometimes it is still you know, a two way street. If you're not doing, you know, you're, you're not living up to expectations, the coach is going to say, you know, you could be more detrimental than beneficial to our program. And, you know, we, we, we wish you the best. But um, one thing that I did think was interesting, I believe it's 44% of kids uh, last year that entered the transfer portal had a home for this season. So yeah. think about how many kids entered the transfer portal and were nowhere to be seen. Well, let me run you through my weekend, I guess it was for this, when these transfers started, started coming. I, we always talk, you know, I, Fred's the voice, you're the expert, I'm the fanatic. So I'm the closest <laughs> thing we have to our listeners. Like, I, 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 I own that. Like, I live and breathe a little bit too much with this, and I'm a little too hot-headed. So the very first decommit was Penny Boone. and, and Or not decommit, but transfer announcement. And originally, I was pretty upset by it because I think in my head, I was playing me as the coach and what I would do with a with a player like that and – how we you know want this downhill running back to be able to handle the the red zone and then I just kind of realized but we never did it like Lox is not that guy they don't play under center enough for Boone to be successful I think Boone is going to be a heck of a running back wherever he ends up I think he's going to be a steal in the transfer portal but honestly I'm going to watch him do it and know that it wasn't going to happen here for us because he's going to be in an I formation somewhere with a fullback in front of him and he's going to be blowing up the tiny guy that he gets to on the next level and we just weren't doing that enough to use him yeah so I was hurting but I eventually worked through it is that kind of what you see it yeah I I do I do um you know and I do think that there's you know we're not there, you know, I, I, and I get your perspective, you know, from the scheme perspective, but, you know, from their perspective, you know, um, you know, there's a lot more that you have to do just beyond, you know, just, you know, showing up to practice and the reps and things like that. Um, so I think that, you know, just cause just kind of, um, you know, just the way, like the student athlete, the maturity aspect, I think that there, there, there's, there's just some, um, room for growth in my opinion. And from an on-field perspective though, yeah, I think the kid can go to another school and definitely flourish, find an opportunity where, like you said, he goes in that I formation and he's able to, uh, break away those, you know, those 28 yard runs that we saw against, I believe it was what Michigan state. Um, so, um, he is capable, um, but the, the, it, he needs to take that next step as well. So the next shoe that dropped was, you know, a big one, or at least it feels like a big one. Your five-star Terrence Lewis. Uh, you know, that one just hurt because I remember celebrating, like, instantly. Like, oh, my God, there's no way I thought this kid was coming to Maryland. You know, we got all this excitement, and then, oh, he's got a knee injury. And then you're like, oh, well, of course, Maryland can't have nice things. And then you hear that he's back practicing. You're like, okay, well, we're in a bowl. Well, maybe, who knows, maybe at least that he's practicing with the guys and gets some, gets to, you know, feel like part of the team maybe he'll even show up for the bowl game who knows and then gone you know it's just like we got all that excitement was for nothing like we literally just yeah. got a free surgery and some great care and hung out in the you know coal field house <laughs> for for a little while and bailed yeah i mean terrence lewis and i and i get it you know from like uh 
you know, from a, like, a, you know, from a fan perspective, you know, you see that, you know, Maryland signed one of their highest rated uh, signees ever in program history. Um, and he, he got never zero touched snaps out of him. Yeah. He, he, he was hurt all year. He, he, uh, and then he, he dipped out. So yeah, I get it. Uh, but you know, again, kind of, kind of like Penny, you know, I did see there a tweet, uh, Bud Elliott, uh, someone asked him, you know, I think ten, a Tennessee fan tweeted at him like, oh, immediate take, should Tennessee take him or something like that. And he tweeted uh, four years, four high schools, immediate transfer, no thanks. And I, 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 I know that's harsh, but um, there's but nothing sounds, else that there's nothing else like that a, he's going to yeah. say that I'm going to say that, uh, that you aren't going to insinuate from that tweet. So yeah. I just think, I just think like again, the Mitchell twins, we were wrong on the Mitchell twins to take that yeah. shot because of the four high schools in four years. And I like, you know, it's, it's kind of sounds like the same similar scenario. Yeah. And it's tough. It's tough. But again, you know, you see, you see other um, transfers like Dayton McDougal, you know, there's just other things that are going on. So, you know, a guy like him, maybe he goes home a little bit closer. Um, mostly TT, you know, he didn't really play much at all, but yeah, I, I, I get the, that the Terrence Lewis, that, yeah. that one hurts. And then I'll, I'll end it there. But the next thing was Jennings uh, that was kind of crushing. And then immediately before Birdland BS, we had our decommitment of Swan, who we are both very high on, things could do very well. And then I just hate being left for a school that I don't think is as good as us because that's insane. There's so many better schools than us. Why do you leave me for a shittier one? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, with Jennings first, um, you know, I, I like, like, like we mentioned, you know, on the site, you know, there's just, I think a lot of things just like, you know, behind the scenes that he just, you know, wasn't, wasn't happy with, you know, whether right or wrong, you know, it's, you know, again, that's the beauty <laughs> The, from the player's perspective, that is the beauty of the transfer portal. They have the freedom now. So if they are unhappy, they can submit uh, and within 20, 48 hours have, have schools contact them. Um, so it, it is what it is. He's a guy, again, you know, he played a lot. Uh, he just, you know, I, I, it hurts. And then with A.J. Swan, um, really didn't sound like uh, Maryland knew that it was really coming down the pipeline. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it it, it, it that was definitely a crushing blow. Um, and I think the fact that it was the, the fact that it hurts more is that, um, you know, Maryland's depth with AJ Swan and Jane Saray in the fold, their depth for next year was going to look really good. Um, and then you had AJ Swan coming in and rolling early. And then, you know, the decision was if Talia comes back, uh, what happens with Udinsky? But if you, if Talia leaves, then Udinsky starts. But at the end of the day, AJ Swan is going to have a chance to develop for one year, learn the system. He's already ahead of the curve. And then, he he could potentially start by year two, um, so it I think it would be would be interesting. I do expect Maryland to be in the market for another second quarterback. Um, that was a definite need going into the cycle, and they locked that up pretty early with Swan and actually being the first of the of the two uh, over the local kid, which surprise yeah. surprise surprise. But um, yeah, I also just think it's interesting that um, you know I've heard location to home is playing a role in this. Um, I, I I don't know, know how much closer that is, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was that was my first thing. Um, but uh, yeah, again, I, I you know at the end of the it's day, it's always a uh, good thing when you don't want people to be mad at you. You can always go back to that one. <laughs> if if but if you wanted to be closer to home, you had to Georgia Tech six months Alford, ago. Yeah, right down the street. They wanted you. They yeah. wanted you. You took an official. But yeah, I mean, and at the they, end of the Georgia day, Tech played amazing all year. So like, I would understand if he had swung to Georgia Tech. After you know having very little expectations for that team this year, the way they played, I would at least been like, okay, I get it. You're staying home. They're doing well. You probably know five or six people that are going to go play there. I get it. It just hurts more being Vandy. 
Well, yeah. it's not official yet, but it's Vandy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's it's just it's just uh you know, in my mind, it's, it was kind of, um, you know, perplexing. But at the end of the day, um, you know, that's the point of the transfer portal. You don't want to, um, you know, take people that don't want to be here. So, um, you know, at the end and of the this day, year it's as tough. Much as, yeah. This year as much as any with all the coaches leaving, like this shows why the kids should be able to leave. They're every every coach in America seems to be getting a new job. So it's this is definitely the year that shows why it was so unfair that we used to handcuff these kids and be like, no, you don't get to go. You just have to watch him leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, so again, it's just, I, I do think there needs to be a little bit more healthy of a balance, but um, you know, again, I think I mentioned it on the site, but I, I don't, I don't expect a ton more impact guys. We'll see, you know, uh bowl game after that, maybe guys reassess things like that, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think, I think so you're telling me my local kids are safe. One of my fears is going to be quam. <laughs> I, I, I I don't think you have so a worried or concerned about that. <laughs> think, okay, good. Think, think you should be good. All right. I, I feel a lot better. The weight has been lifted off my <laughs> chest here. And it, it, it was the, that, that panic slide. It's like, what is the next shoe? Because it just all hit all at once. I mean, Penny Boone was on his own day. But then the next day, just hit after hit after hit after hit. And then you're like, okay, give me a break. Oh, Swan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like, please, what is it now? I guess we keep moving on we do basketball next or we got more football news um well just you know obviously we want to talk we talked about outgoing guys you know there's the you know just some good news on the incoming transfer that well not signed but he's coming in for an official this weekend uh uh for now uh he's a left guard um uh, played over at ford international um guy that played 15 career starts nine starts this year at left guard um so he kind of fills fills a role um, they had wide receiver uh, that was slated to officially visit this weekend, uh, Caffrey Brown uh, from UNC, but he actually has announced for USF on uh, Thursday evening. So uh, that has off the board. He has, um, you Why? know, all obviously... the people that commit to us still go on visits. Why don't they just come visit anyway? <laughs> hey, free, free food, free food. Yeah, That's right? all. We got free food, bro. Come see it. <laughs> That's uh, it. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. And then uh, I've mentioned a couple premium names uh, on the defensive side of the ball for, for some guys to know, um, you know, actually a linebacker. So, uh, you know, we talked about all the outgoing. Those. Yeah, exactly. You talked about all the outgoing guys. So, um, you know, again, and it's the, this is only week one in the transfer portal. There's going to be a couple, couple different waves. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll track it all. All right. Well, make sure you're getting over there to inside the black and gold. They got the best football scoop. You all know they had the best. Ahmed has had the best football scoop always wherever he's been. Uh, so go check it out. A lot of good stuff over there and really healthy message board discussions. That's been building up a lot as far as like numbers. You've always had some good rapport out there with with the uh, the people that are subscribed to your site. But it really has been more frequent and uh, better co- or more numbers of comments it's always been great yeah. comments so it's no. really good to see and i'm out there getting more engaged and just excited by it yeah you know actually um you know i i, I think one thing that I, maybe i'm kind of happy about you know when i launched the Substack, it was really supposed to be kind of an interim solution and it's kind of kind of still is you know i think from like a you know message board user engagement um you know there there, there are some things that i kind of have working on so i think could enhance it even more, but um, I think just you know from since I built it to now, um, I think just the fact that a lot of people are kind of avoiding just being the the negative Nancys and 
building constructive arguments and you're actually able to hold a substantive con uh, conversation about Maryland athletics, uh, Maryland sports. Um, yeah, I like it. it it's fun. Um, you know, well, I, I definitely appreciate quickly, that. you're growing quickly and once you grow to a certain level, you will get all the negative, terrible people. I just want you to know. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what? I, you might have I, to remove them if you're, if, if you're, if you're. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think, you know, we're, we're, we're a year in plus now at this point. Uh, we just hit the year mark in actually October. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I think I'm going to do an active job of trying to preserve the uh, the community. The healthy communication yeah. on the message boards. So if Need you guys are out there sick of whining, complaining, screaming, calling names, make sure you at least take a shot and look at the inside the black and gold message boards. It's a great holiday gift. Get out there. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's swing it over to basketball, which we thought, you know, everybody, everybody was so quick. Football started losing. Everybody's like, just wait till basketball season. No problem. It's basketball season. Well, now what, guys? Now the basketball team's losing and we're waiting for a bowl game. So wait for football season. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is, this is, uh, yesterday was tough. I mean, you know, I, Turgeon got booed during pregame introductions and I was like, you know what? That they ended rough up rough pregame. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, it, it, I definitely heard it. Um, you, you know, obviously, you know, the students are, are close to me. Um, so, but, uh, yeah. And then after the game, obviously, I mean, just disappointing. This team just can't shoot. But then, you know, afterwards, you know, hearing just the students just scream at Turge and just the booze, like, oh, it was, it was tough to watch. Um, yeah, but I mean, just just the last two games. Obviously, they beat Richmond first in the Bahamas, and then lost sixty three to fifty five Louisville, uh, and a disappointing loss on Wednesday night, sixty two to fifty eight. Just hit two field goals down the last eight minutes. Um, this team is just incapable of shooting outside the paint. Um, it's it's very frustrating. Um, Kudis Wahab, you know, I think that he what looked really good when he gets the ball back uh, backing in the paint um so it's just uh it's disappointing but they'll be back out there sunday uh they, they'll play northwestern in the big 10 opener so uh we'll we'll see what they look like yeah i mean as you'll hear on this episode uh my comments on kudis on Berlin bs i just haven't been a fan he did look great in that virginia tech game you know i guess cold take a little bit but it didn't lead to a win so i don't know if i really care if it was a cold take or not I, I, he played a lot tougher. He got a little bit more further deeper inside. He didn't do all this fadeaway, even shots short like he's been doing all year. So, yeah, great. I, I hope the kid can be what he was promised. I don't believe he has been that guy yet. Maybe a little bit in that first half of the Virginia Tech game really kind of showed out what he could be, but he needs to put it all together. Uh, we just had really high expectations for this team, and it just doesn't seem like – those are going to be met, and I don't know if even the minimum standards are going to be met. Like, if this team actually screws around and misses the tournament, wow. Oh, is that yeah. it, the, like, I have been a keep turge guy. Like, I have not been like a yeah. he is the end-all, be-all, but, like, what else are you going to get when you have all these problems with the basketball program, the fact that you need the training facility, all this stuff. So I've always just been like, you know, pump your brakes kind of guy, not a, like, beat my chest for turge kind of guy. And I feel like that's kind of logical, but – it's going to be really hard to give an extension and then miss the NCAA tournament. That, that's going to be ugly. Yeah, if if Maryland misses on the NCAA tournament, um, 
the 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 seat is absolutely scorching. Uh, I don't know if he does survive it, but There's I would say no money. <laughs> yeah, I'm, there's so uh, much they, dead they, money in football that, 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 that how can we have more dead money in basketball? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's terrible. five yeah we, five million the, five million dollar buyout if it's fired before if he's fired before May first, uh, and then uh, yeah after after that I believe it's four and a half million. Then it just goes down one million each year until uh, 2026, I believe. Yeah, I mean, there was no, like, <laughs> there was no deep, like, I guess what I'm saying is when you, if we would have fired him on the last contract, it would have cost the same amount of money with the new contract. Like, you needed to build it in a certain way that, like, if you got rid of him early, it would have saved you some money. Like, he had no bargaining. How could he yeah. have had any chance to be like, no, that deal is not good enough? If he was getting paid, like, the equal amount per year, what the guaranteed money should have been so minimal knowing you need to win to put up. I, the day it came out, you can go back and check the sites. I said the same thing. I hated the contract. I liked the decision. I hated the contract. And here we are. If they do end up missing the tournament, that contract's going to look really, really bad. Yeah, I, I definitely would say that. But I would say, you know, kind of going back to last, to Wednesday night's game, um, you know, obviously what had Obviously, I know, like you said, it doesn't really matter because they lost, but he finished seven of eight from the floor. Um, you know, Ayala was one of nine. Faz was two of 10. Uh, Dante Scott hit the first three, and then they missed the next 12 shots from deep. So, I mean, the the outside shooting is is a grave concern right now. Um, you know, Maryland's been pretty clear that, you know, for Ayala to play off the ball, uh, I feel like you just watch Virginia Tech the way that they were using uh, their shooting, their number two. Um, the, 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 the scoring opportunities, I feel like the, those should just be stolen from Virginia Tech's film and just replicated for Ayala. And I feel like Maryland's made an emphasis to do that in the, the, the early stretch of the season. Um he just is not getting his shot down. I've kind of wondered about Fats, you know, with his size, but, um, you know, two of 10 from the field over both Ayala and Russell and Fats were O of three from deep. Um, it's just, it's just a concern. And, uh, you know, they lost a potential three point shooter today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the transfer portal hits again with a James Graham departure again, not really un that unexpected. We already had the suspension earlier this year. You know, had a little bit of hope because it was quiet, and he did come back to the team after meeting with the coach. But he makes it official after two more games of sitting on the bench and us not being able to hit the broad side of the barn. Uh, he's walking. Yeah, um, you know, one contact told me just you know just not a good fit. Uh, obviously, he just once he returned from his suspension, just didn't appear at all. Um, so it's kind of tough. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, if it's, it's, if it's regarding playing time and, you know, after the suspension, there's no change, you know, um, you know, again, at the end of the day, transfer portal, like we said, for football, same for basketball. If, if, if they don't feel that they're happy, it's, it's their decision. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's just, um, uh, you know, you kind of wondered if he, I mean, he obviously didn't show any signs of being in the rotation at all, but, you do kind of question just with the fact that, you know, for me, you know, just being at the home games, I've seen him at every single home game after the game shooting shots. You know, last night he was the only one shooting shots, but there have been a couple other times. I think uh, Ike Cornish have seen Dockery shoot shots, Xavier Green. Um, so, uh, but you, you, you kind of wonder, you know, why not switch it up? You know, run it, run it from TV timeout to TV timeout. Um, or if you don't want to even go that long, just give it a two and a half minute stretch. Um, that's kind of where it is in my mind. Um, but you know, again, I'm not there every day in practice. Like I, I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. Yeah. That, We're spitballing that, here. We don't we don't know any better than Turge. I'm sure even if Turge is not good enough to coach Maryland, he's a better coach than us. We we both are fully able to admit that here. So I. I, I definitely think there needs to be some kind of change. There needs to be some kind of shot in the ass. I mean, I'm stealing this actually from one of the comments on Inside the Black and Gold. I wish I would have wrote down who said it. You'll know if, I, if, 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 you, if you're the one that wrote this. But I almost think you put Ayala back at the one and let Fats go back to the bench. I don't think that, that this experiment was to open up Ayala to get more points. It's not working. It hasn't yeah. worked at all all year. The only time I saw Ayala look like Ayala was at the end of the game where he hit those back-to-back threes and almost pulled off the third three to win. I guess I think it was – was that George Mason where we where he hit those two nasty, one with a crossover fadeaway three? And that was him with the ball in his hands walking up going, I'm done. Like, I'm shooting this ball. So maybe we were wrong. Maybe he was a shooting guard, and last year he became a point guard. Like, it's just not working. Something's got to change, and that's the easiest thing I can think of is to look into your past and see that it wasn't great last year, but it was certainly better than this. Yeah, um, you know, I think obviously, you know, it just his his shot doesn't doesn't look good right now. I would be kind of interested, you know, if, uh, if Ayala uh, took the took the took over at the one. Um, would Xavier Green start at the two? Uh, I know Ian Martinez, you know Loxley or <laughs> Turgeon has said uh, that he he Loxley's sees... going to coach both because we have no yeah. money to hire a second he... guy. That's a good <laughs> idea. I think Loxley would do it for us. Uh, well, Loxley definitely has uh, for the, the money for a bigger uh, bigger support staff at that point. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was actually at the game last night, the, the Virginia Tech game on Wednesday night. Um, but uh, yeah, from I just think from from Turgeon's perspective, you know they they've kind of maintained that they see Ian Martinez primarily as the backup point guard at the one, staying at the one. But I do think it would be kind of interesting just to see, um, you know, Ian Martinez's shot to me hasn't looked super pretty. He's not shooting super great this year, He's but a there's terp, just so that's true. <laughs> but his, his <laughs> sub, just the the mechanic of the shot just looks slightly off to me sometimes. Like the jump, the mid range, just um, I don't, I, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. But um, yeah, I think it would be kind of interesting. I kind of, in my mind, I think he does kind of naturally fit more as a two. Um, so I would be kind of intrigued about that. But I don't know how likely that it is. But it's pretty evident that the the, the half court offense is just uh, just non-existent right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, statistically, they're they're shooting one of the worst in the country. Uh, three point from the field, uh, it's 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 uh, it's not pretty. But there's always Detroit. But there's always Detroit. Maybe Nashville. <laughs> no one's ever said that before, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it's it's a rough time to be a Terps fan. Anybody out there knows that right now. Hang in there. Things will get better. This team will win a few games. We're not going to get just steamrolled through the Big Ten. It ain't that bad. They got some skills. Hopefully they put it together. Uh, young Reese still has me really excited. He has made a few more rookie mistakes lately. He is not the, like, overwhelming man-child that I thought he was just going to come in and dominate all year. Uh, at the end of this last game, uh, one of them that stood out was uh, against Virginia Tech was he got the rebound under the basket while we were down one, I believe, um, and went up for a, a like weak layup and ended up overshooting him going on the other side of the basket i'm like you're nine feet tall in this moment this is a dunk and a dunk only like i have no idea why that was even an option then he picks up the foul and we end up being down by three by the time we get the ball back again so it's just one of those growing moments one of those growing pains of a young freshman i promise you he will never lay that ball up again (laughs) yeah uh uh, it's uh welcome to college basketball moment (laughs) Yeah, it definitely was. He kind of looked 
immediately ashamed like <laughs> what did i just do uh it's, it, it is what it is i but, can't wait to find out when the bowl game comes out for football do you know a date or is it just going to kind of slowly leak in after the new year six bowls no nah, it'll be uh it should be sunday uh december 5th i believe at 5 p.m uh if i remember because maryland basketball plays at noon uh yeah so we we should find out then all right so pretty soon there after that time period we will put out another show previewing our bowl game getting our travel plans official and uh talking about our opponents that'll be the next time you hear from us this one ran pretty long we're at 50 minutes so even though you've heard me talk about uh putting two shows together i'll probably put this one out individually and go ahead and launch the other one beforehand so i hope you guys enjoyed the show it was great having you back Uh, ahmed talking to you some more we have missed that expertise uh, on your side it's always great to get the inside knowledge and feel tied to this team. Yeah, we're, well, we're, you know, like we said, you know, schedule's just getting aligned, but we'll make this a, uh, a, you know, common thing again. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us out there. If you have any questions, you can send it to shellandtellpod at gmail.com. You can join us on any of the social media sites. Honestly, we're really good at Twitter. We kind of suck at the rest of them. I'm just going to own it. I do all the posting. I don't do enough on the other sites. Twitter is strong. If you don't have a Twitter, just get it to follow Show and Tell. I promise it'll be worth it. There and I'm at, at Gafir the Turtle inside the black and gold. They're all out there on Twitter, so get that going. Uh, you can follow me at Show and Tell Pod, uh, at Terps Be Expert, Fred at Fred Be All BS. We already said at Gafir the Turtle. And you can also check us out at BirdlandBS.com slash Shell and Tell. If you are a Ravens Orioles fan, please check out Birdland BS on YouTube, Facebook, anywhere you want. Really cool product over there. Guys, until next time, let's hope we can keep the bad news down. <laughs> let's keep it only on the upside. I know we might have some things sneaking through there, but let's just have no more gut punches, okay? What yeah. do you think? No more gut punches, Ahmed? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking next one is uh, all sunshine and roses. All sunshine and roses. That's good. You have December 5th. We're announcing the bowl. Yeah, December 15th is the, the early signing period. All sunshine and roses till our bowl game somewhere in the late 20s of December. <laughs> <laughs> we all shall right. see. Let's go, man. Until next time, here's to wishing all is well under the shell.